Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Trusting in God. It's interesting to hear stories about people who have achieved significant accomplishments in their life. The lessons they learned while overcoming adversity and reaching new heights of success are inspiring as we consider our own challenges and aspirations. There was a radio announcer you may have heard of named Paul Harvey, who used to tell clever stories about famous people. In the beginning of the story, he wouldn't tell you who he was talking about. He wouldn't tell you the name of that person, but he would paint a dramatic picture of the challenges and successes that this individual had experienced. And as the story progressed, I would grow increasingly curious about the identity of this subject and would inevitably be amazed to learn at the very end that it was some famous person that everybody knew. The story was so cleverly written with little known facts that I rarely guessed this person's name until Paul gave it up at the very end. Many of these were people often start, who started in poverty, who faced repeated rejections or experienced repeated failures while they were reaching their crowning success that made them a well-known person to the rest of society. Their stories were inspiring because they were able to overcome many significant challenges in life that presented to them on their way to becoming tremendously successful in their personal endeavors. Yet I had no idea that these famous people had gone through so much. I just knew them for being a, a president or a special athlete or an acclaimed artist. Sometimes they received their inspiration from others. and Other times they were gifted with a strong self-determination. And still other times you could see that they had a special connection to God that helped them navigate the turbulence in their life. Our first passage today comes from the prophet Jeremiah, who talks about finding strength to endure challenges in life. Jeremiah, the son of a priest, received the calling from God to serve as a prophet to the people of Israel at a very young age. Around 600 BCE, when the tribes from the north attacked the Israelites, he warned them that Jerusalem was going to eventually be destroyed because they had drifted away from following the commandments of God and worship a foreign god, Baal. You might imagine his proclamations of doom frustrated the Jewish leaders, so they tried to silence him. He was beaten, placed in stocks and mocked, and even thrown into a muddy cistern, a water pit, where he would, receive, would have died had it not been for a Cushite who rescued him. He survived all these punishments only to eventually witness the destruction of Jerusalem that he had foreseen. When the Babylonians captured Jerusalem, they released Jeremiah, and he eventually went to Egypt to live in exile. Sometimes referred to as the weeping prophet, Jeremiah had a difficult life and is thought to have written the book of Lamentations, as well as the book of this prophecy that bears his name. In today's passage, Jeremiah warns against placing all your trust in people, saying, Cursed are those who trust in mere mortals 
and make mere flesh their strength, whose hearts turn away from the Lord. I don't think he literally is cursing anybody, but he is stating a simple fact that life will not turn out well for those of us who turn away from God. When we rely only on people, whether it's others or ourselves, we are destined for disappointment. Relying solely on others to guide us is clearly a recipe for disaster. Most of us would probably agree that this approach to life can lead to frustration, excuse me, because people's opinions quickly change and groups of people have different opinions. Relying solely on ourselves can be equally frustrating. While some may consider this approach more respectable, it assumes that we have complete and perfect knowledge of the right course of action or for any situation in our life. We eventually realize that we don't even have complete information of ourselves, much less the circumstances around us. Jeremiah knew that the human heart could not fully be relied upon to guide us through life. So he taught another way to trust in the Lord. Jeremiah compares trusting solely in mere mortals versus trusting in the Lord to being like a shrub in the desert versus a tree growing by a stream. As you've probably seen on the roads during a hot, windy day here in the desert, when the weather gets rough, the desert shrubs just blow away, becoming tumbleweeds. They're just small balls of of leafless, brittle twigs that aimlessly meander wherever the wind blows them. Their lifeless dance across a sandy road represents the epitome of barrenness. In contrast, the tree by the stream is described as strong and fertile, with roots that dig deeply into the sustaining soil fed by the stream. The tree by the water isn't overcome by the heat and the wind. Jeremiah describes it as free of fear and anxiety because it knows that it will ultimately be safe. Its leaves stay green, and it continues to bear fruit despite the threatening environment around it. Both the shrub and the tree experience the same environmental stresses of heat and wind, but the one in the desert, devoid of the life-giving water, eventually becomes lifeless and barren. Interestingly, the literal translation from the Hebrew text for the phrase, a tree planted by water, is actually a tree transplanted by water, implying a movement from one location to another. Considering this nuance of interpretation, this passage suggests that we are not destined to live a life in the barrenness that we might find ourselves in. We can change our situation. We can place our trust in God, and we can move to a position of sustainable growth and abundance. It reminds me of the story of Jesus meeting the Samaritan woman at the well in the Gospel of John. Jesus asked her for a drink of water, and it surprised her because Jews and Samaritans didn't normally speak to each other. When she confronted him about speaking to her, he said, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. 
Surprised by this response, since she, he had no way to draw water from the well, the woman asked him how he proposed to give her this living water. Jesus replied, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give, that I give, will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. Jesus tells the Samaritan woman, as well as us, that we have a choice to live on our own in the desert or to accept the living water of Christ that gushes up to eternal life. Whatever our current circumstances are, we are given the option to be transplanted to a position of fertility and strength, despite the forces that are working against us. Christ made this transition possible through his crucifixion and resurrection, which allows us to be forgiven for our sins and to be in right relationship with God. Christ is continually extending the invitation to participate in his gospel story, to repent and recognize that the kingdom of God is at hand and to spread this good news to everyone who we encounter. But you will need to make a conscious decision to accept Christ and trust in the Lord if you want to become part of the story. Although we're offered a fulfilling life when we follow Christ, it may not lead us to a very easy or comfortable life. As we saw in the passage from the Gospel of Luke earlier, there are difficult circumstances that we may find ourselves in when we follow Christ. And we might also discover that the comforts that we have been enjoying are counterproductive to the goal of growing closer to God. If you're familiar with the Sermon on the Mount in the Gospel of Matthew, you may recognize many of the statements here in Luke as part of the Beatitudes there in Matthew. But there are a little more challenging here in Luke's Gospel. For example, in Matthew's Gospel, we read that Jesus taught, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But in Luke's gospel, the message from Jesus was simply, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Similarly, Matthew's gospel tells us that Jesus taught, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you will be filled. While Luke's gospel tells us that Jesus said, Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Matthew's statements of blessing are qualified, poor in spirit, hunger and thirst for righteousness. Where Luke's statements are broader and more immediate, poor, hungry now. You may also notice that Luke's gospel includes a series of woes. Woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. When differences like this are encountered in the Gospels, it can be frustrating, especially for those who are looking for specific instructions on how to live your daily life. However, these situations can actually be helpful because they offer teachings from Jesus by different people 
who are writing to different audiences. Matthew was writing mostly to a Jewish audience with certain issues in mind, while Luke was writing mostly to a Gentile audience with different, a different culture with different issues. But taking these writings together, along with the other writings and letters from the apostles in the New Testament, we can see some common threads from these messages. For example, I think we can all agree that Jesus had a message of hope for those who suffer, whether from poverty, hunger, sadness, or persecution. Their steadfastness in following Christ, despite the suffering they endured, will be rewarded with blessings. Likewise, there's a warning to those who lived privileged lives at the expense of the suffering of others. Excessive wealth acquired through the impoverishment of our brothers and sisters. Gluttonous lifestyles that ignore the hunger within our own community and callous disregard for the pain endured by our neighbors will be met with experiences that force us to understand and acknowledge our mistakes. When life is difficult, know that God is with you, leading you to a place of relief from your troubles. And when life is going well, know that God is still with you, expecting a response of compassion for those who are suffering. Wherever we go, God is with us, extending an invitation of renewal and salvation through Christ and guiding us toward a fulfilling life through the Holy Spirit. We can't escape the fact that we will have challenges in our life. Everyone faces difficulties, even those we admire most, thinking that they have it easy, they've got it made. Each of us faces intense moments that only God can get us through. If we try to face those challenges solely on our own or solely at the help of other people, we will inevitably be disappointed. Jeremiah, who witnessed some of the most tragic human experiences possible during the destruction of Jerusalem, teaches us that trusting in the Lord is the only way to get through life's most difficult moments. And Christ, the Son of God, offered himself so that we might come closer to God and receive the living water that nourishes our spirit during those challenges of life. So I urge you today to accept Christ and trust in God. The path that we are called to take by Christ may have its own difficulties, but the rewards that we will experience in heaven will be well worth it. Amen.